Hello, my name is Mark Brennan. I'm the CEO and co-chairman of Serato Gold. Uh, Serato Gold is a, an emerging gold producer. We currently produce 50,000 ounces per year, and we're looking to be uh, produce um, 150,000 ounces a year starting in 25. Um, from our new gold asset in Brazil, which will make us the lowest cost producer of gold in the world. Mark, good to see you. We had you back on, I think, end of August, beginning of uh, September. I just wanted to catch up because there, there's some extraordinary numbers came out of the PEA when we were um, talking. So this is really just an update to see how things have moved on along in the last couple of months. So should we start with um, Argentina? It's, it's, sure. where, it's where the gold is. It's where the money is. <laughs> um, so what, what's changed in the last couple of months there? Well, we, we've really seen progress on the, on the, uh, on, on the actual operational side. Uh, fantastic results for the third quarter. Um, I think those will be beaten, you know, only, only bettered by the fourth quarter. Um, as we mentioned, you know, uh, we bought this asset uh, for an eight or nine year mine life, looking at an average of about 50,000 ounces per year um, at an all-in cost of about $1,100. Um, at $1,800 gold, that should throw off 30 to 35 million of free cash. And, and we're now looking at, at so we, we've really just come out of what I believe is a restructuring. Uh, and so now on that, on that base case scenario, we're looking at, a, a, a um, you know, um, we're coming into to normalized operations. Um, we are looking to add a heap leach operation. Um, that heap leach operation, um, we are looking to, to pour uh, our first gold in the third quarter, early in the third quarter of next year. Uh, so we're proceeding with permitting, we're proceeding with um, construction will start in the first quarter. Um, you know, the CapEx, fortunately, looks like we're going to be able to fund that all internally. Um, that'll be about a $15 million ticket that looks like we can be funded, uh, one, by the uh, contracts with, with the service providers, uh, two, we'll get a little bit of, of Argentine domestic debt, um, and three, we'll be able to fund that out of our cash flows. Uh, so really good things going on. Plus, we're we're continuing to explore. Okay, so um, just just a few things. So, and it's probably going to be a little bit old ground. I'll put the link below to the previous couple of interviews where you kind of get into the into the weeds. But just a reminder. So, in terms of your thinking, hasn't changed any because Argentina. We talked. Say so it's hard to get money out of Argentina. So, the thinking was then either keep cash or dore in country and maybe look to some kind of takeout. By, or by by some some mid tier or, or, or well presumably mid tier. So have those conversations or are there any conversations? Have they advanced? There there have been conversations. Um, to be very candid with you, most of the conversations, all of the conversations, we've had three or four different conversations, uh, and all those conversations, we we just said we're it's premature, uh, and then we weren't ready. And uh, from that regard, uh, you know, we are we are moving our operations very aggressively forward. Um, and I think in terms of to your point. Um, you know, we believe that, that, you know, this is still a discovery asset. And so um, now we have normalized operations. That's giving us lots of flexibility in terms of being able to grow the business. Um, and so what, what we're looking at is the first step is to grow our production from, say, a 50,000 ounce scenario to a 70,000 ounce scenario. And we'll, we should have that exiting, you know, the second quarter of next year. Um, and then at the same point, we're looking at expanding our, our, our resource base uh, we've already doubled the resource base from from when we made the acquisition in March 2020 to just under a million ounces. Uh, but I think that we can see a lot more uh, potential for ounces. So um, so so while we haven't seen any uh, dramatic change um, from a, from a strategic perspective, uh, the operations are moving along very very well. Right. So operating in country, you, you said I should say that. Well, it's got a bit of a reputation, and and also you did say it's a little bit hard, it can be hard to operate in country. So uh, what I want to hear as an investor is, 
you're in control of the operations. Normalizing of operations is good news to me. Introducing the heat leach component towards the third quarter of next year, that sounds good to me in terms of increasing the scale of the opportunity. Um, does that also mean extending the, the life of the miners, adjust the the amount that you're going to, the, the time frame which you hope to operate in Argentina. Well, what we're doing now is we're 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 using our drill program, and and we're, we're you know we just really have focused currently on on uh, getting the heap leach operation, uh, you know, in, in terms of giving that a sufficient mine life to get a, a positive, you know, a very strong IRR. So basically, now what we'll t- tend to do, um, and we're going to do something that nobody has done before uh, on this property is we're going to start drilling underground. Um, you know, what we have is, is all the pits that we have, and particularly up at Paloma, which is our high-grade area, um, all the pits there go down to a depth of, of no deeper than 200 meters. So, so we believe that, that below, um, you know, and, and all the other mines in, our, in, the, in the Deserto Massif, they all began as open pit operations, and then they became underground operations, which is where they saw, they found the greatest amount of gold and the highest grades of gold. And, and they were looking at about 300, they, they started around three to 500 meters. So what sort of grade are you talking about when you say high grades? When we say high grades, I mean, we're talking 10, 15 grams per ton. Um, you know, right now, you know, as you know, on the, on the open pit operations at Paloma, we're, we're probably running about eight to nine grams uh, per ton for an overall average of about five and a quarter grams with Martinetas, uh, our other area we're producing from. But, but that Paloma area is, you know, what, what's very interesting there is we, we see some thick, um, you know, thick and, 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 and contiguous, you know, veins that, that, have, that have substantial life ahead of them. Uh, they, have the, they have the capability to, to be very, very juicy. Um, one of the problems you find in the Desiato Massif, and particularly down like in the Martinetis area where we are with the open pit operations, um, is, is that it tends to be very, um, you know, scattered veins and, and, and short, narrow, spidery veins. But in Paloma, we're seeing some very, very thick, uh, you know, thick veins. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, with, with the previous experience at um, obviously um, Desert Sun Mining uh, or Bella, have you encountered uh, veining like this before? I mean, how, how do you how do you get at it and make sure the dilution component isn't affected, or the fact that you or you know how to best go about planning the drill program to to chase stuff like this? Give well, you your know, experience. What's interesting is if you look at the dilution, for example, you know when we on this property itself, it started off in the first year of production, started at 30 to one strip, then it went down to 22 to one. And, and now we've brought that down to about 12 to one. Um, and, and how we've done that is really focused on, on grade control. And that, that's been the first and, and most important thing that we had to do when we acquired the property, because that gives us obviously, they were feeding the mill at less than two grams per ton when we bought the property in March of 2020. Right now we're just under four grams. Um, and so, and by the end of the year, our expectation is to be around four to four and a half grams. So basically, that's all being controlling the dilution. Okay, so you, you've got to you kind of got to get that blend right when you come to that point in time, and obviously, you know, tweaks around you know the the, the mill itself, how, how you process all of this. So, um, I, I guess I'm intrigued by you know the allocation of capital because you're gonna you said you were on seven million bucks when we spoke in, in September. I suspect you've, you've gone through a little bit of that. You're gonna have to raise some money soonish. Presumably, maybe you can talk about that in a second. But how you allocate that to maintaining the steady state production, which is what people want to hear. They don't want to hear you dropping off, and then adding to it with this higher grade component, and how you manage that balance. Well, remember, remember, you know, we we, we intended our, for the whole uh, our budget. You know, we had intended to break even in the first quarter. Second quarter, we expected to break even. We actually made a couple million bucks. 
Um, third quarter, um, we don't have the financial final financial numbers. We'll have that out in a month. But I think we probably did much better than the couple million bucks we did in the in the in the in the second quarter. And in the you know anytime you know our, our new break even rate is running around twenty six hundred ounces per per month. Um, and I would say that we're probably targeting between forty five hundred to five thousand ounces per month um, for the fourth quarter. So so the reality here is that we're making probably you know, two to two to two to, you know, $3 million a month at $1,800 gold. Um, so, so it's actually, you know, we're generating quite a bit of cash to, to actually drive these operations. Is it enough to do what you want to do underground though? That's what I'm getting at. Because you, well, you, you, you get sorry, a plan, yeah. right? But now you've added to, yeah. to it. So moving, moving underground, you know, we're just starting the exploration program in the fourth quarter. And, and so what that means is it'll be a two-year development stage. Um, so, so most of that capital that we'll need to go underground uh, will probably be starting in the next you know, 12 months, 12 to 24 months, that period there. Uh, so what, what we're doing now is we expect that, that next year, between now and the end of the second quarter, we're hoping to bring in a full year of production um, 100 meters below um, where we're mining right now at, at um at Sulfuro on, on one of the main structures that we're at. So, so given where the where um, Argentina sits in the portfolio, you know, you're, you're the, the the big pri- main prize for you. You've always said is Brazil. Do you accelerate the way that you tackle Argentina, or because potentially you flip it off to a, a, a potential acquisitor, you can just go at it steady state and you don't need to blow through much cash up front? I, I think there's two ways. You know, two two approaches here. You know, our end zone, our end goal is this: either one, you know, that the, the government changes its its uh, currency controls, and and quite candidly, I don't see that happening in the near term. So, just remind people who perhaps haven't heard the you, know, we, you talked about the cost of removing money from the country being some like prohibitive, forty percent. Yes, and and so what 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 you have right now is you have a what's what's called a blue uh, a blue chip market, and this blue chip market means it's a fairly it's a it's a self contained market, which means you can buy. Um, stocks or bonds that that are uh, traded are dual listed in in Buenos Aires and New York, and and basically you can buy one in in, in New York and you can in, in Buenos Aires and you can sell it in New York, meaning you get your capital out. Now the the currency the peso to the U.S. dollar at the official rate is ninety two point five currently. Um, if you want to do that that exchange, the, the obviously the Arabs have, are all in there and and they've they've gotten you know and, and so what we're looking at the actual rate today is about one ninety five. It is. It is the most. It's the highest rate that it's ever been at, um, and that's because we have local. We have uh, gubernatorial elections taking place on the 14th of November. So, frankly, the the government has has really put pressure on the U.S. dollar um, ahead of the the uh, elections. And what's going to happen post election? I think we're going to see some dramatic shift in, in in the U.S. dollar having to, to having to catch up to the to the unofficial rate. Um, but anyway, long story short, it's very, very expensive to take money out of Argentina right now. Um, and, and again, I think on a normalized basis, it's probably going to cost you 40 percent, uh, somewhere you know, around that kind of level. 30, 40 percent is, is kind of historically what, when they've had currency controls, that's kind of the level it's at. Right now, it's at a, a really accelerated level. Um, but in terms of the so, so our objective is, OK, we'll wait to, to see that out, because, you know, if they if they remove currency controls, which they've done historically, um, you know, then all of a sudden we're going to get a massive increase in the value of our asset because we can export the dollars. Um, but remember, there are a lot of big companies in Argentina, precious metal companies, uh, Barrick, uh, Newmont, uh, Anglo, you know, others um, who basically 
um, have, have funds trapped in Argentina. So, so frankly, what are they going to do with those trapped, the, those trapped funds? I mean, it, it makes sense, I would think, for them to grow their operations in Argentina. And, and once, once we can show that we have a, a, a significant uh, kind of, of, of foundation, then I think that, that we could become an attractive target to one of those players. So, so right now, what we're doing is we're stabilizing our operation. Uh, we're, we're create, you know, we need to create a foundation, and that means we've got to increase our mine life, which is why we're drilling very aggressively. Um, you know, show us something. You know, have a have a, a reserve of two years, have a, an extended life of another five, six years, and at that point, we become attractive to to a major company. Right, but to be clear, you don't need to raise capital. The cash flowing from the operation. And your plans in terms of the new plans or additional plans of going underground, they they match up. You, you, you don't need to fund those by raising we, we, money in the market. Our, our objective is always to make sure that we have self-sustained, you know, that, that Argentina is a self-contained bubble that we don't need to, to externalize. Got it. Okay. Well, look, let's let's park that up because it sounds like things are, are moving as you want them to. You've got plans as to how to go from that 50,000 up to 70,000 and beyond, and you'll let us know as and when those things happen. Okay, good. Let's go to um, Brazil. Uh, last time we talked, the PA came out. Numbers were, you know, astounding. Four hundred thirty-one um, dollars an ounce for the first five years of, of, of production at fifty thousand ounces, one hundred fifty thousand ounces. It was it's pretty impressive stuff. Has that has anything changed there? We, we we've attracted we, we've attracted you know you know unfortunately from a market perspective we haven't seen a significant. Um, Love, I, I guess, for lack of a better word. It's just a um, PA, Mark. That's the problem. I, I fully understand. Fully understand. The only thing is if, you know, we also publish at the same time a metallurgical report. Um, and, and that's on our website as well. And, and the reality is that the, the, we have, the, it is only a PA, and I fully understand that, 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 that notion. But if you also look at, you know, we've worked with G21, which is the old coffee engineering guys. We work with them at Largo. We work with them at, at Desert Sun. The reality is, is, you know, we know that their work is very high quality, and and that we're probably not going to see a huge adjustment from the PA to the to the to the the um, uh, to to the feasibility. Now, what I'll say, okay, that that's our word. Don't take my word for it. If you go look at the metallurgical report, um, you know, we have basically gravity separation, which is which is actually um, you know removing uh, gold at at up to seventy nine percent, and then on top of that, a little bit of flotation. That takes you up to about 80, you know, 88, 88, 89%. So the reality there is that you look at the characteristics of our mineralization. Um, we have no impurities, and this is this is this is public knowledge, public public information. And that's you know, take a look at the, the technical report. But basically, if you look at if you look at the characteristics characteristics of our mineralization, you look at the the um, uh, the cleanliness. You know, we have no deleterious elements uh, in our, any of our mineralization. It is a very, very simple process. And, and you know, what you can do is you can say, okay, well, listen, you know, you guys, you know, we have a PA with 125 million uh, CapEx, initial CapEx, but, you know, 25 million of that 125 is already a contingency. Um, and then on top of that, if you want to add, add another 50 million, um, you know, and, and, and take a look at it from that perspective, um, which we don't think we think that that's a that's a huge number to, to be way offside. But but the reality is that you know add your own component of, of additional features because of inflation because of it's a PA stage, um, and the reality is that I don't think you're going to see numbers changing that dramatically. 
um, you know, it, it, you're still going to see IRRs of, of 75% or, or, or whatever, you know, it, it's still astronomical. You're saying not much will change in the PEA, but, you know, I think well, the things that people would be looking to change significantly would be the measured and indicated number, for instance. Oh, no, no, for sure. Sorry. No, I, I mean, nothing, I don't think anything is going to be much more negative. Um, I think that, you know, to, to your point, you know, we are starting an infill drill plug program now. It's going to be 31,000 meters. Um, basically, we're looking to complete that in April. And, and frankly, I think the density of drilling um, in, in my, my hope will be that, that we're, you know, right now we have 43% of our, of our deposit is in the measured indicated category. Uh, we'll take that up to 100, uh, you know, up to close to 100%. What's that in ounces? Um, um, that's about uh, 450,000 ounces of the uh, of, of, of the 1.3 million currently. Right. So, so what, what see, see that's, the, that's the bit of this. So the the economics look good, but it's of a certain scale. It's, it's not big enough yet, I think, to attract the attention of people. So what are you doing about that in terms of your drill program? How many meters? How do you increase the resource size? You know, uh, how do you move more of it into the the indicated category? Th those are the sorts of sure. things like people probably no, no, for sure. understand for, no, no, a bit I, more. I fully fully understand. No, so so as I as I mentioned, what we're planning to do, we're starting a thirty one thousand meter drill program in November, and and basically that'll be completed by April, and that is an infill drill program. That's that'll move really one hundred percent of its infill. Wow, one hundred percent infill. But but what we expect to happen is that we also you know the conversion ratio that we had. Um, you know, on our last PA um, and the resource, we didn't target to have 450,000 ounces of, of indicated. We targeted to be all 100% inferred. Uh, but because of the drill targets that we had to go deeper, um, we, we, we did actually end up with that indicated number. But, but and what was, very, what was very telling about that is how easily we were able to convert the, the inferred into that indicated. So, so what we're anticipating is that by April, we'll have 100% of the resource will be actually in the measured indicated category. And then on top of that, because of the density of drilling, what we expect is that we expect to see, I'm hoping to see grade will be, will be a little bit better. I, I, I would love to see this grade around two grams. I don't know if I'm gonna get that, but I, I'm hoping to see it at around two grams. Um, and then on top of that, to your point, we'll see a little bit of expansion in the resource, which I think is fairly natural, right? So I, I would expect that we should get a 10 or 15% natural expansion just from the, just from the, the infill drilling. So talk, talk to me about, so that's great. Um, your PEA stage, when does this thing actually look to get it? How, how much longer do you need to keep working at this thing? Because you're doing 31,000 meters between now and the end of April, that's great. When's the next study? Uh, when when do you start looking yeah, well, at we're, we're funding? Starting, I mean, the, feasi the feasibility study will start in the first quarter, and and then that'll be completed. Now, this is all running parallel to our environmental impact uh, studies that we're doing right now. In Brazil, you need one year of seasonality. Um, so we already started. We started this program in April of this year, and so it won't be completed till April of next year. So what we're expecting is that is that we will start the the feasibility in the first quarter next year. And then what will happen is that we will get our what's called your your um, preliminary license or your PL. We'll get that in the in the in the second quarter, and then we will get our construction license in the third quarter, and and so we will start construction next year in the third quarter uh, to be in production. 
by the end of the fourth quarter of, of 24. Why, why do you get to rush it where others can't or where others do and it falls over? Is it because the, the A6 is so low that you've got a big you know, margin for error? You don't mind losing some of that? If, if something goes wrong, or, when, when, or is this something you've you done in the past? To, when, you say, when you say we get to rush this, what, what do you mean by that? I'm well, yeah, most people go through a process of PEA, PFS, feasibility study, DFS, and that takes some time to do. You, it sounds like you're, are you skipping the PFS stage? We're skipping the PFS stage. Right. And again, you know, again, Are you funding it off the, the back of a, of a feasibility and skipping the DFS stage? Uh, we're going to fund it on the back of the feasibility. Right. That's and, what and I mean by, honest. but that's what I mean by, by, by you know, speeding yeah. along here. That's, it's, it's unconventional, but I'm trying to work out, is that because you've built a few mines before and you know what you're doing or the simplicity of the process that you're engaged with here? Or do you think, I tell you what, at these margins, we can afford to be a little bit wrong? I, I think it's all of the above. But honestly, I think, I think, I think we have a, I think we have confidence in the market, in, in people in the market. That we've done this three times before and that people trust us and they understand that uh, in Brazil. Um, and then on top of that, um, you know, it is a very, very clean ore. And remember, we're open pit mining. So it's not it's not difficult mining and uh, it's very simple. Um, and the jurisdiction is very good. And we have water. We have electricity running through the property. So it's a very good jurisdiction on top of that. Um, and then on top of that, you know, um, it's very simplistic. So, so, and we're not looking for a lot of capital. Um, you know, we're looking basically for a hundred million and on the back of that with, with a hundred, with a 25 million contingency. So on the back of that, to your point, we could, you know, if costs go from 430 to 600, it's, it's not good, but, but we still make a lot of money. Right. Um, so there's that component too, but I, I would wager to you that we will probably get funding at the PFS stage where, where many companies have not gotten funding at the, at the feasibility stage. And, and it's a combination of all of the above. Um, and, and, you know, very candidly, I, I would really like to have a funding solution uh, potentially by the end of this year, if not uh, by the end of the first quarter of next year. Right. Hang on. So um, two things. You said you'd get funded off a PFS where others would, wouldn't. Are you doing a PFS or not? I thought you said you weren't. No, on a PA, excuse me. Oh, right, a PA, got it. Okay, cool. Just yeah, want to yeah. make sure as we get, no, no. We get questions. Um, <laughs> the second thing, get funding in place by the end of this year. Are you kidding me? How do you, how do, you do that? What's that going to look like? We're working on it. We're working on some interesting things and, and you know, and, and we're not going to rush into it. We're not going to rush into things, but, but you know, we, we have some, we have um, we have one proposal which is a, a structured funding currently, and um, the dilution. You know, at, at, you know, management of this company own thirty five to forty percent of the equity, and and what we're most concerned with is dilution, and and so the reality is that uh, you know we have a, a, as much interest in in this asset as, and company as as all of our shareholders, and so which which is always usually the case, but but this side it's emphasized. Um, so in terms of the the reality is that. You know, what we see is that companies at our stage uh, from a PA generally get diluted by 50% or 60% between now and, 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 and production. And so, you know, because of the quality of this asset, the cheapness of, of, the, of the economics, uh, the team that's behind it, you know, we, we've been provided with a proposal, which is a, which is a, a, a structured funding. Um, it could mean very limited dilution, if at all. Um, and, and we've had a second proposal which looks at very limited dilution. Um, we, we have three or four, five proposals on the table right now 
um, that that all look intriguing. Now we we can go the so so we have the the one which is the the the, the we can go the fast route. Let's call it that that we get. Um, an appealing funding that that we look at limited and, and minimizing our, our and quantifying our dilution. Um, we have a we have the conventional bank bank methodology where we can uh, work with a bank and do the 60 40 or 70 30 debt to equity thing over time once we complete the feasibility. Um, but again, we don't expect a lot of variability from from the PA to the feasibility. And then the third thing we have is we can look at at, at you know we could look at at streaming and, and uh, you know, other types of products to, to, to and, you know, and we have, we've had offers on all of those fronts today, which means, you know, this is a project that we know is going to get funded. The question is, how do we fund this with utilizing the, the lim- most, most limited dilution that we possibly can? Right, because the cost, the cost of money at this point is really, really important. Um, talk to me about the difference between Gold companies getting funded at the moment. I forget what stage you're at and what, you know, whether people, you know, for a DFS versus feasibility, but gold companies getting funded in this environment, ESG environment versus a battery metals or green metals company, are they going to get cheaper money than you? I mean, listen, I, I think in terms of their market caps are, are certainly cheaper than ours, uh, much better, much higher than ours. And, and I look at, you know, a number of, of assets. There was an asset sold a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Neolithium, and and they're a great team, and and they're a great group of guys, and they've done it before um, in Arge- in, uh, in in Chile, and and they they did a fantastic job, but I mean, you know, they're they're not yet at a at a feasibility, um, and they got taken out for nine hundred million, I think it was, or something to that effect. So so lithium companies and those companies, you know, tend to tend to be getting a very high valuation currently, um, but I'd say to you that that the differential between um, you know, base metals or, or or other metals that are not perhaps in vogue, um, is, and, and precious metals is that most people understand gold. Um, gold is not a complex supply demand equation. Uh, you know, we know the jewelry demand, and we know that kind of issue, but we know that largely it's it's a it's a financial vehicle used as a store of wealth, and which is largely driven by sentiment to large. You know, which which by the by the central banks, or or by the the uh, by the private equity funds, or the hedge funds, or or whatnot. Um, so from that perspective, you know, the, the the complexities of understanding the copper market, or the or the zinc market, or the you know, or the lead market may be a little much more for for, for people to understand. But the gold market is a People at least think they understand the gold market. Well, there's there's the point. <laughs> I think they do because if I'm looking at the the battery metals market, the, the coppers, the, the nickels, the lithiums, etc., I can understand the supply demand economics. With gold, I need a very thorough understanding of what's going on geopolitically, what's happening on with the various economies, etc. So, discussion going on at the moment. Jack Dorsey, hyperinflation coming. Kathy Wood, deflation coming. Where do you sit? <laughs> I listen to the experts. Uh, you know, I, I'm not an expert on anything, and 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 the reality is is that, you know, what I look at is is I want to just make sure that I'm a top quartile producer, where where basically in any downturn, I'm never going to be run out of business, and then I'm going to make money. And and if I look at again, look at at our Brazilian asset, you know, we will be according to standards and poor's we will be the lowest cost producer of gold in the world. So if you look at the cost of production, you know, the average cost of production for most gold companies right now 
it runs around twelve to thirteen hundred dollars. Um, and and so if we're looking at at you know four hundred and thirty dollars, um, I know that I'm in no matter where gold goes. Um, at $1,800, I'm very happy with gold. How, do, how does that work with Standard & Poor's? So the last thing I saw at Standard & Poor's, I was watching a, a documentary called The Inside Job, where we, we could buy that. What, <laughs> what happens these days? Are they brand, they've branched out into being able to tell if companies like you technically can deliver an econ, economic project? No, no, they, no, no. It's, it's purely a reference database. They have a service and... Um, it's called the the S and P Global Market Intelligence. Right. Um, so this is not a this is not a consultancy or this is not right. A, I just wonder why you're quoting them then. I wouldn't be quoting no, them. Well, I'm I'm only quoting them because one most people know Standard and Poor's, right? And and then two, if you go if they have a database which is extensive, and and if you go to their database and they they have all the producing mines in the world, uh, if you go and look at, at the producing miles in the world today, I think the cheapest cost producer. Is around 450, but but I think they produce you know maybe 11,000. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so they, they they've got a record of the the ASIC and the various costs. They haven't they haven't um, validated your costs. That's that's you and your qualified they, they, persons. We've got just, it. We've just gone got to the, we've just gone to a database and said, okay, here's Standard and Poor's, which is an expect you know it's an expensive yeah. database database to 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 access to, to to subscribe for, um, but basically. <laughs> but but at the same point, it's only a pure. It's a pure. It's a documentation of, of Got it. what they Got consider it. to be the market. Got it. Okay, they're not validating anything. It's just a record. No, no, understood. no. Understood. They're, understood. They're understood. Yeah. Um. Well, look. Um. That's all good. That's all good news, right? So, um, Argentina's um steady state producing, and you got some stuff in place, which is hopefully ramp up that production and keep keep those costs down. Um, sounds like you're well on your way with regards to funding some some structure or other. Maybe before Christmas, maybe just after, on uh, with Brazil, um, that'll be interesting. And so, and how long's that build period? Given us the simplicity of the operation, it'll it'll probably be no more than twelve months. Wow. Okay. Okay, Mark. You know, the, the yeah. thing just just to note, I mean, you know, um, one of the things about the capex, it comes down fairly dramatically because we don't have to customize our mill dramatically. It, it's a really it's an off the shelf mill. Um, which means our capex is greatly reduced, and then also because of the gravity separation recovery, we don't have a large retention time, and so we don't need a lot of chemicals and and all that kind of stuff uh, in the flotation circuit. And, you, and you're not, I mean, you're not high grading this. You are basically you don't you're yeah. aiming for 150,000 ounces a year for the first five years, and then it yeah. kind of fall off a bit, subject to what you do in terms of exploration and, and, and development elsewhere. Correct. Got it. Fantastic, Mark. Good to catch up with you. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much. Very nice to catch up with you. All the best. Bye-bye.